Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're upbringing. Uh, we're a day later than our usual live, and that's yeah, okay. five-ish, we're here. I don't know what today is, but yeah. I'm happy to be here mm-hmm. talking about how we can elevate our discipline with our kids in those tough moments for sanity and social change. We're here to uh, dismantle white patriarchy, one conversation at a time, one tantrum at a time, one meltdown at a time, all those times we want to lean on that control-based <sighs> toolbox We've been so naturally culturally conditioned to use consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking. I'm sure some of those are familiar to you. They come so naturally to us, so instinctually, right? But it doesn't have to be. It's not intuitive. It's not part of who we are. It's not honoring who we are. It's not honoring who our kids are. And that's what we're talking about here at Upbringing is how can we practice? And it's not effective. It's also not effective. It doesn't teach. It doesn't support our relationship. Thank you for adding that. Upbringing is talking about powers beyond control. I think a lot of us get to a point where we're like, okay, I realize this control toolbox that was handed over to me, right, uh, that feels very familiar to me, um, isn't working so great, isn't feeling so great, isn't teaching so great, but what else do I do? Mm -hmm. I feel literally alone in this. I do not know what else to practice when the going gets tough, when I've got parental responsibilities, Mm -hmm. when I love my kid, but they need to do these things to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what our resist approach is that you can download on our website at upbringing.co. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets you started and helps you understand this conversation that we talk about. Right. Rather mm-hmm. than using control in these moments to motivate our kids or manipulate them to basically yeah. get them to do what we want, no matter what. 
We want to choose instead a conversation Mm -hmm. that helps raise their Mm self-awareness, that connects us, that builds their skills, and that ultimately teaches them how to use power in a respectful and responsible way with other human beings, Right. right? And how to experience power and be able to advocate for their inner wisdom and authority, right? We don't want to stamp out all of their instincts to say, uh, uh, excuse me, dude, no, don't touch me that way. Or excuse me, professor, why are we tested on that? That was not even remotely covered. Right. Right. All these moments that our kids resist us now that are just so hard, feel so relentless. They matter. Our practical practice for them to be keying into what they need and what they believe. And we are those lucky and chosen people that get to be there scaffolding their skills side by side, meeting them where they are when we can, when we're not screaming and yelling and losing it. Right. Right. To help understand those needs and help build the skills to meet them adaptively. Right. And that's the tricky part. I think that we get tr- we get tricked uh, as parents mm-hmm. and the way that our kids go about advocating for that beautiful and fierce inner wisdom and authority, which is their spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So especially our spirited kids, the way they go about advocating for that is really triggering, tr- triggering to us. And it makes us pay attention to what's on the surface. And it triggers us into feeling fear about mm-hmm. what does it mean? Or, hey, this doesn't feel good to me or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we want our kids to actually be able to go out and use that spirit for good to serve their needs and meet other people's needs, right? We can't stamp it out now. We have to find a way to work with it, not against it Mm -hmm. in those tricky moments so that we can build all of their awareness and skills around the spirit rather than just say, stop with the spirit already. Can't handle the spirit. Don't want the spirit. And that's what the control approach that we've all been given does. All it pays attention to is the behavior, the words, Mm -hmm. and it, it undermines that spirit. It has no agenda or uh, respect for or honor to our kids' spirits. And that's Mm -hmm. what upbringing is about is honoring the spirit and finding ways to work with it rather than against it. Like I said, I'm repeating myself at this point. No, but part of that is considering, like I said, our power, but also our privilege as parents. Yeah. Right. We are in this relationship with this little person beneath us. They didn't choose to be born. They didn't choose to go to Target at two. right? Right. So we have to be thinking about our privilege. We have to be thinking about the ways we interact with our kids in these ways. And and farther out than that, we have to think about being cis, white, straight, able-bodied, privileged white women. And how every tantrum, every conversation we endeavor to have with our kids through these big feelings and challenging behaviors can be working not just within our home to dismantle and interrupt these cycles that we don't believe in, right? These institutions that say only the people in the top matter, Mm -hmm. right? And that respect only goes up that chain, Mm -hmm. not down, but also to be not perpetuating those cycles outside of the home, to be interrupting and dismantling those, those culturally conditioned belief Beliefs in power, mm-hmm. in racism, right? Inside in, the in, home. in treating another human as less than you, mm-hmm. right? We don't want any of our kids to learn those things. We think they happen during book reading. We get them the resist T-shirts. We take them to the rallies. We're working on like our anti-racism game hardcore in the nice moments, right? And we just want to make sure that we're aligning and really carrying that work through with integrity in the tough moments too. Love that, Kel. Thank you. People are chiming in here. So we're going to get to a couple of these. Someone said, 
Hope you ladies are on Clubhouse, and if not, I'd love to send you an invite. Your voices should be heard on that app. Thank you so much. We are on Clubhouse, but we have only uh, done one talk and feel a little overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> just the idea of, Kelsey and I were mentioning we walk and talk like every morning for like an hour. What if we just did Clubhouse walk and talks? Is mm -hmm. that is Do that like a, a selfie stick? Is that a Clubhouse thing? <laughs> you don't need a selfie stick because it's Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. It's just audio. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. pitching up. So uh, what would you want us to talk about on Clubhouse or how would you want it to be? Do you mm -hmm. do we have something scheduled or do you just kind of dive in? Mm -hmm. Let us know. Send us a DM. Someone says yeah. giving kids a choice. Some of us moms do that simply because we don't want to be like our controlling parent and to curb, um, curb some of the imposter syndrome that could possibly be an issue when they're older due to limitation of choice as a child. Mm -hmm. You guys are awesome. Love this. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if we raise our kids to be constantly looking to the external and never to the internal, we're telling them who you are underneath is not enough. Doesn't matter. I, I, I care about you, and have a, but I have a responsibility to move you through these steps of a day and of a human, uh, growing up human. I don't really want to hear what you think if it comes out like that. I don't really want to hear what you feel when it sounds like that. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with you right now. I just need you to snap to and conform to this external lens. Right. And that can create, like this person said, an imposter syndrome that I think we've all felt in some way or another that yeah. says, gosh, I'm kind of going through the motions here. I'm kind of pretending to fit in. Gosh, I'm not quite sure what I'm entitled to or what I want or who I am. Mm -hmm. why, why are we like that? Why are we doubting ourselves? Why do we not think that we're worthy? Right. Why do we not think that we belong? And you and I, Kelty, believe that it's because of these formative experiences we had mm -hmm. as kids. And now we're, that we're unconsciously perpetuating as the, the adults in the relationship where we don't realize. We think, well, we're the ones responsible. We got to socialize them. We got to socialize them. Mm -hmm. That's our responsibility. So we have to tell them what's what, when, what, mm -hmm. what to do. Don't lick that. How? Eat that. <laughs> don't say that. All these things. And we're, we're unfortunately stripping them of their personal freedoms, their personal power. We're mm -hmm. undermining that rather than cultivating it. It sounds like parent anarchy. This is like <laughs> a lot, you know, nope, we're gaining still more people coming. That's oh, good. Oh, yeah. They um, love it. They you love, love it. the radical parenting Clark stuff. Rising says, it makes sense. Hey, ladies, do you have any advice for how to help my six-year-old value his own opinion more? He's constantly seeking my approval and affirmation, mm -hmm. and I want him to be able to do that for himself more. Oh, that's a great I question. I love that. Love it. Love it. I think that, that that happens from, you know, um, we don't have to get into the why too much, but but... Uh, sensitive kids oftentimes, I and mean, we were sensitive, automatic pleasers, right? Mm -hmm. Spongy, what is everyone thinking? <laughs> How's it going? I'm not so sure of myself. You know, everyone's got a different temperament. And then also if they've been conditioned to be paying attention to what other mm -hmm. people think, so through praise, which is the most like loving thing we think we can do, and it can oftentimes... It's the lo most loving form of judgment yes, we give our kids. exactly. Uh, that can kind of undermine their own personal uh, power in making assessments or making decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so great you're thinking about these things mm -hmm. and um i think that this figuring out what in, to do next whether um a kid is making i think as this person said they just have their opinion what about mm -hmm. do you do you like my opinion what do you think mom or what about my drawing do you think or watch me do this well, well, we get that a lot from our yeah. kids sometimes. And I think that if we're going to try to dial that presence back or help reconnect our kid to themselves, we try to dial our presence back and not just be like la 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 I'm not paying attention. We try to nod a lot. We make eye contact. We show yeah. Oh, right. If we sometimes we just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. If we're really weaning them off a like "good job" type situation, mm -hmm. we might be like, "Hey, you did that," or "Oh my gosh, I see you finished the this," or "Your opinion is this." Mm -hmm. So we're validating by just restating what we hear them say. Then we might instead we could ask a question. 
oh, what made you think of doing that? Tell me or, more. Tell me a little bit about that mm-hmm. choice. I'm really interested to hear more. So we're taking the attention and we're turning it back toward our child. We're, and saying, we're uncentering ourselves. Right. Right. We're saying we want you to be front and center of this idea, this drawing, mm-hmm. this opinion, this, this feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. As parents, we center ourselves so much. Mm-hmm. Your feeling, I'm going to make it about my feeling now. I'm not mm-hmm. liking that so much. Your drawing, I'm going to make it about how proud I am of you. Oh, your story? Let me tell you a story about when I did that. Right. It's really easy to, mm-hmm. to forget, again, how much power we have over our mm-hmm. kids, how easily we can dominate a situation and condition them to continually look towards us, right? Mm-hmm. This so, is so connected to that external versus internal, yeah. that self um, or that socializations versus self-awareness. So if we can keep... Like going against everything that we've been programmed to think, which is we're all powerful, we're all knowing, we give our kids everything they need, they should look to us for everything, wouldn't it be so easy and simple if they did that? And instead turn toward our child, whether they're having a choice, an opinion, showing us a piece of art, or really truly struggling with something, we turn back to them. What do you think about it? Right. We're not Hmm. ignoring them and we're not solving it. We're not leaving them and we're not praising them. We're Mm -hmm. finding that happy middle and the resist approach where we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. We're respecting them and saying, this work is yours or this opinion's yours. Mm -hmm. We're empathizing and saying, I want to feel what you're feeling. Or if they say, do you agree, mom? But do you think so too? Right. Say, I don't know. I haven't thought of that. I'm just I'm going to think about it a little bit. Right. I can, you, you said that you were thinking that. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. I'm going to think about that a little bit. Right. We don't always have to have the answer for everything. No. It's okay to say as parents, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or you know? to tell our kids, it's okay if you don't know yet. It's okay mm-hmm. if we just don't know the answer. If mm-hmm. I don't or if you don't, yeah, I love that okay. Kind of, if I feel unsure. It's, right? such a, it's such big work as parents for us to be busting this binary thinking. Not just you know, black and white and he and she and right and wrong and good and bad, but I believe this or I need this always or I hate this or I like this. There's such a gradient within that we can we can exist in. We can say right now I feel or lately I've been thinking or I'm just kind of wondering if and that sounds wishy-washy like that doesn't sound very like strong parent kind of talk, right? But that is where we let our kids grow and explore and us not over dominate that space. We're giving them some of their power back. Mm -hmm. We're giving them the power to have an idea or a feeling or Mm -hmm. a drawing or whatever it is. I think we have to keep remembering if we're conditioning our kids to constantly look at us as the authority figure to know better, do better, praise better, all these things, Mm -hmm. we are going to ultimately become a teacher who's maybe not the greatest, who's really affecting our child, Mm -hmm. a friend in middle school or high school that they're listening to and looking for that um, kind of uh, praise or or reinforcement, mm-hmm. right? We are the authority figure, and our uh, relationship becomes a model that they move into the world and rea- mm-hmm. reenact, basically. So we want to make sure that we're giving them a lot of personal power, and we're not we're not over dominating in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, it's a great uh, question. Today we were interviewed on the Purpose Show podcast mm-hmm. uh, with Ali Casaza and her husband Brian joined in. We were talking about strong-willed and spirited kids and how we can fan that beautiful flame and maintain our sanity and build some skills with them and ourselves. It was really, really fun being on it. We recommend everyone listen to it. They came out open about their um, 
childhoods, Mm -hmm. their past, um, their communities that they grew up in where there was a lot of spanking and a lot of shaming and punishing and the the ways that they're trying to bravely move past that. They brought up all the questions that go through all of our minds. But what about when? Aren't they going to walk all over you? What about what other people think? What about when you're at Costco and everything's going to shit? What about all of these things? And we got to walk through the resist approach a bit and share some of our own um, of our own work, of our own personal experiences with sensitive and spirited kids. It was so much fun. Yeah. Definitely um, check it out on, on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. But that's what we really yeah. love talking about is spirited and sensitive kids. Every kid is spirited and sensitive in some moments, in yeah. some stages of development, in some um, certain pandemic stress level situations. But some kids are born with different nervous systems, different needs, different ways of expressing themselves. And those are the kids that get stigmatized, right? Get uh, pathologized. Um and we just want to continue talking about how brilliant and amazing they are and ways that we can, can endeavor to support them and grow up alongside them. That's Love like it. a big deal for us. Um, yeah. So there was a question about a spirited eight-year-old, which is why I kind of brought it up to kind of segue Great. into that. Let's see. Been having a hard time with my spirited and sensitive five-year-old. I realize he's struggling when he's acting out and when I'm trying to circle back. And yes, it's more like a girl back when... I'm trying to figure out what's going on, but he'll continue with the behavior and I'm not sure how to help him without removing him from uh, the situation. Like, for example, he's been hurting his two-year-old brother nonstop today. Mm-hmm. There was another spirited one that I was talking mm-hmm. about. Yes, that's so hard. Let me read the other one really quick, too. Oh, my eight-year-old just blows up when she is opposed and wants to leave the situation and refuses to take deep breaths or other calm-down techniques we've talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are, yes, these are such hard situations. I love that that these parents are trying to help de-escalate and calm. They're trying to circle back. Sometimes it feels like a girl back when you're less being like, hey, can we explore what happened earlier? Or I want a story tell or whatever. And it's more like, hey, remember when you did this thing that super pissed me off? Um, But it's really hard when kids are bopping each other on the heads, continuing with behaviors. Um, And (laughs) yeah, I think we have to remember that, I mean, our ultimate goal is, is to raise awareness, help our kids have awareness on why they're doing things, what their the root cause of their behaviors are, what those deeper needs are. Mm-hmm. But I think oftentimes that can, we can be so eager to do that or so eager for them to calm down or to know what that need is that we are putting that before literally just keeping them safe and calming them through our calming mm-hmm. presence. And I think we have to keep remembering when we're like, I'm trying to figure out what the need is with them and what's happening, or mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to them and they're not wanting to talk to me, or I'm trying to tell them to take deep breaths and they won't. Mm-hmm. We're trying too hard, right? Mm-hmm. If we're trying and they're not, then we need to try something else. Mm-hmm. And usually trying something else means going back up the resist approach and going to the previous step, mm-hmm. which in this case is usually empathize, mm-hmm. right? Or respect that they do not have the impulse control mm-hmm. when they're feeling uncomfortable. They will continue to hit little brother, two-year-old brother. That's right. just going to so, happen. So they might need to be removed. That happens in the summarized step. And that's okay. And that's okay. we got to make okay. a little space. Seems like you're struggling right. today. If they have a lot of energy mm-hmm. in their nervous system, in their bodies, and, and discomfort, Comfort, and they're continuing to want to hit, they're not in a place to talk. They, they are in a place to express themselves. They're mm-hmm. not even a place to calm down yet, right? So I would usually lovingly remove them and help them find alternatives to regulate that nervous system, to get those frustrations out, to rage. Even mm-hmm. moving their body sometimes can be that, that thing that flips the switch and lets them 
express all the feelings and let it all out mm-hmm. and really have a meltdown. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you failed. That means you supported them in yeah. getting those feelings out when they were simmering and doing what what. I also want to say this person says the eight-year-old blows up when she's opposed and wants to leave the situation, refuses to take deep breaths. What do you mean when she was opposed? Because when I hear opposed, I mean hits a wall with the way that somebody's interacting with her. Um, I don't know if she's um, <clears throat> sensitive or spirited or a kid that ends up kind of like getting in there on power struggles more that tends to resist more. But mm-hmm. my kids, um, when they feel opposed, it's usually because my invitation was not so subtle. It's usually because I kind of barked something at them. It's usually because I didn't give them information that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's usually because I put my foot down about something. Mm-hmm. And none of those things are respectful. None of those things are collaborative. None of those things are what I'm ultimately trying to do in a, in a conversation with my child to bring them in on not just what needs to be happening and how to do it to mm-hmm. my satisfaction, but what's going on in their life. Right? What they're needing, what skills they're needing mm-hmm. support in building, right? Yeah. So instead of saying, <clears throat> I'm opposing you and I'd like you to take deep or breaths. Or showing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I want you to t- take deep breaths about it. I would try not to oppose her. And then I would, when if she blows up, great, like Hannah said. Maybe Even with a loving to, limit. Mm-hmm. I would just say, you didn't like that. How mm-hmm. come? I'm here. Tell right. me about that. I also think you mentioned that she wants, she refused, she, what, what is it to tell that she... She wants to leave the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think leaving the situation is absolutely Mm -hmm. her right to do. When kids and even adults get really upset, they go into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So some, that's when they start throwing things and kicking and hitting. Mm -hmm. Others are melting down and clinging to you, right? Like a barnacle. And that's when other kids have a flight response where they are so stressed out, they want to get the hell out of there, right? Mm -hmm. And they should be able to go and have a refuge and and do it. And I think in our culture, we're like, oh, you got to come back here and deal with this right now. You got to calm down. And that just raises everything. Like Mm -hmm. our ultimate goal in these situations, besides keeping everyone safe in any argument, this is the basis of nonviolent communication, is creating a safe and psychological environment. To explore needs feelings right. to impact. say what was I needing what was going on what was your need what were you going on what did I feel like well how did I experience this and that's how all that awareness is built and all of the impulse control is um is learned as well mm-hmm. but that can't happen if she's feeling like she wants to hit or wants to run away so that's how she's um expressing her stress you need to let her do it and she's saying I don't want to solve this now I'm not ready to solve this mm-hmm. now don't tell me to calm down I get really angry when people tell how do you me to feel calm when people are like, too. just calm down just and take like, some deep breaths. You calm down. Right? And I I'm know not it, ready. I know it's coming from a loving, loving place where you're like, just take some deep breaths. We talked about this earlier. Remember, come mm-hmm. on. Right. But she had not a ready. plan. That's the funniest one. We're like, <clears throat> we made an agreement. Right. You said, OK, that we were just going to watch one show and now you're freaking out. <laughs> You're going against the agreement. But I think that oftentimes uh, folks will make a calm down corner and then they go force their child who wants to stay in the situation go to, to the go down to their corner. calm down corner. And it's sounding like your eight-year-old who's, when she struggles with being opposed or, or gets upset, she wants to run away. Let her go to her calm down corner, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Let her find that and go f- find a safe place and mm-hmm. maybe go and say, hey, are you ready to talk? I'm... I'm or I'm in the kitchen whenever you're ready to talk mm-hmm. about this. Or she's eight. You could write her a little note, slip into her door, right? Mm-hmm. You basically want to create um, neutral, non-judgmental, even positive and warm and inviting vibes around a situation if you want to work on it with her, mm-hmm. right? So holding her there and telling her how to self-regulate is probably not going to do that. And mm-hmm. she's showing you that. So it's great. You're like thinking about other things you can do. Lark Rising said, excellent advice. It's so challenging to quit praising. It is absolutely built in to do that. Absolutely. Oh, they're it so is. damn cute and you love them so much. 
Someone said, can you save this video to your IGTV? This is a great conversation. I'd love for my husband to have a chance to listen as well. It will yes. be on our IGTV and our feed and it'll be on the podcast. Yes. Um, there's one right here. So many good, strong willed ones. I love mm. it. Also, tell us, everybody, where are you from? Where Where are mm -hmm. you right now? I'm always so curious. We're out on a farm outside Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just always really curious about where everyone's um, tuning in from. So share that with us if you feel like it. Tank Girl says, I immediately lose all logic when my four-year-old starts having heightened emotional outbursts. I need some sort of easy technique or direction to not flip out and provide choice, um, but be heard. Mm -hmm. sure. And then I think you had a follow-up down here. Let me just double check here. You said someone yeah, asked. You if, said, "Can you give some examples of verbal cues to reel them in during these moments?" Yeah, I would recommend our Big Feelings Guide. Mm -hmm. Our Big Feelings Guide is available uh, on our website at upbringing.co. It has the wording and the phrasing to support our kids when they're starting to struggle, when they're starting mm -hmm. to resist. And it also has the self-regulation techniques and awareness building mm -hmm. parts of the, the plan so that we can show up for them in those moments. Yeah, but I think that the number one thing we can do when a four-year-old is having heightened emotional outbursts and we're starting to feel like we're going to flip out is to be working not just on our self-reg, but before that point. Yeah. Right now, you're working on it right now because you're here yeah. where we can say our beliefs are everything. Believing that our four-year-old having a heightened emotional state, yelling, whining, throwing things, crying, is Grunting. absolutely normal. It's not even just normal and natural. It's important mm -hmm. that they have these experiences, that they're getting the stress out of their body, that they're learning how to communicate their needs, yeah. that, like, you know, they're purging better in, better out than in, right? Right. And the way four-year-olds do that is really hard because mm -hmm. it's, it's loud, it's obnoxious, it makes mm -hmm. us worried they're going to do it like that in their 20s, which is not mm -hmm. true. It also triggers in us moments when we were kids mm -hmm. and when our big feelings were not met with a lot of empathy or compassion or understanding or mm -hmm. skill ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's hard for us. We're triggered in those moments and culturally conditioned beyond that to mm -hmm. believe that our kids' feelings need to be stopped, need to be fixed, that they're mm -hmm. intentional, Counter that they're counterproductive, counterproductive mm -hmm. right? All these things. Manipulative. We talk about that in our big feelings guide that you yeah. can download. But I think when you're starting to feel those heightened feelings of your kid and worried about how am I going to give choices? How am I going to connect through this thing? We have to start working our mental mantras, right? This is not an emergency. If it is an emergency, grab them out of that ditch or you know, yeah. throw them in the car or um, you know, pull them yeah. off the baby or whatever the thing is. But most of the time, it's not an emergency. Our bodies and our brains and our nervous systems tell us that it is, right? So we start telling ourselves, this is not an emergency. I'm going to start taking some deep breaths. I might give myself a personal timeout and say, you're right. Okay, one sec. I'll be right back, right? And we just take a personal time out so that we don't scream something that we're going to regret later, right? We can start doing some kind of grounding techniques. We can work on our mindfulness. Mm -hmm. We can imagine them in a, in a charmed moment as a baby that helps us be like, they're not a little demon trying to ruin my life. Right. There's so many things we, we can, can tell do ourselves that we're safe to be rewriting be okay. these feelings. They're ju they just have a need and they can't express it. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. Their brain is under construction, right? Mm -hmm. All I have to do is keep them safe and try to lovingly move this along. Their big feelings are information, right? All of these things that help us calm down, feel less triggered, and, and um, arm us, really. Force field, arm us yeah. 
to lean into this challenge, to lean into these big feelings that usually make us want to run for the hills. Fight right? or flight again. Our Fight own. or flight, right. Or drink wine in the shower or put it on our partner or yell at them or send mm -hmm. them to time out or spank them or whatever it is. And instead, just say, how you doing? What do you need? What are you needing right now? I'm here. It's going to be okay. Okay. Yeah. And even if that You're feels, struggling. If that I'm feels struggling. a little bit false at first, that's okay. If it comes out like, what are you needing? <laughs> right. Sounds like you're struggling. Mm -hmm. And it comes out really patronizing first and it's hard. Yeah. That's okay. It's, it's that's a step in the progress. right direction. It's amazing. Yeah. Someone said, yes, and a highly sensitive person parenting a highly sensitive kid is like remothering myself as I mother them. Oh my goodness. Exactly. I yes. love that. We are highly sensitive ladies. You're mm -hmm. sensitive spirited, Kel. I'm just more of the sensitive type, I would say. Um, and you're raising spirited kids. I'm raising sensitive kids, right? Mm -hmm. Just even raising kids. <laughs> All kids are sensitive and spirited yeah. to a certain point, like you said earlier, Kelty. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. But the beauty of it is that our sensitivity is what cues us in to change up our parenting approach. Yeah. If we weren't sensitive people, we wouldn't give a shit about what our kids were saying yeah. or doing. We wouldn't feel like crap after we uh, disciplined them, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we're so sensitive that we are given this opportunity to see what discipline yeah. uh, shouldn't be and what it can be. And I think that our spirited kids give us that same opportunity. Yeah. They resist so much farther than any normal kid. You're just like, how am I cursed? All these other kids just do what they're fucking told. Right. Why are we going nine rounds over the color of a spoon? Mm -hmm. How is this possible? Right. And those kids are also calling us in. They're saying, here's an opportunity, mom, to up your patience, to up your problem solving, to up your empathy and compassion for other people, to up your listening skills. To, they probably weren't so To hot. learn about child development so you mm -hmm. don't shame me for who I am and where I am right now, mm -hmm. right? To create a relationship with me based in trust and respect that's mm -hmm. going to last a lifetime, mm -hmm. right? To, to give me the skills that are going to allow me to move into the world and meet my needs and notice other people's. Yeah. To use power in a, a respectful, um, safe way rather than uh, in an abusive way, right? Mm -hmm. It's all important. Their sensitivity is a gift. Our sensitivity is a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone says, you changed your days. I'm so confused. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> about that. We wanted to talk about sensitive spirited kids and respect, yeah. giving it, getting it after being on the Purpose Show today. Mm -hmm. Not sure if any of you caught that episode yet, but please go to the Purpose Show podcast with Ali Casaza. It's like such an amazing episode and such a great podcast too. Mm-hmm. Someone says, it makes you feel like you can't speak in a room as an adult because you don't feel like your voice is of merit when it comes to a room full of people who wear different life badges than we do. Hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, to be doing this work. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone says, strong-willed toddler with a new sibling, very jealous. Bedtime is no bedtime choices such as which jammies, what book is hard. Mm, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. really tricky. Really, really tricky. Um, I'd say like our resist approach is, is the key that has helped us and so many other folks in saying, okay, if my toddler is resisting, it's so great, first of all, that you realize it's because of this new sibling mm -hmm. and that resistance means struggling through a transition. Resistance means help. H-E-L-P. Right. Then what does that help look like? It's great you're giving them, um, you know, choices at mm -hmm. bedtime, right? But usually kids are still needing more if they're resisting. So if they're saying no to which jammies or which books, they're saying, I need more connection. I need mm -hmm. something. It's so easy for us to just operate in like logical problem solving mode. Okay. These jammies are these jammies. Okay. Go pick the book. 
Okay, nope, you're not moving the bed. Need you to go this way. Oh, nope, nope, no more water. We just, we're just in like literal land. literal land. Yeah. And our kids need us to slip into this innovate step, which is just the magic sauce. Yeah. And it's so hard at the end of the day, but it actually, I'm going to tell you this from somebody who has spirited kids and demands this of me like a thousand times a day, it feels so much better than being in literal land. I, I think right? it's so easy for us, especially once a kid turns two and understands majority of what we're saying. What are you doing? Is, I was going to wave at people. We're going to lose our, Okay, is is to believe that kids need to be speaking and hearing our language. And mm-hmm. we forget that we have to be speaking and learning how to speak their language, mm-hmm. right? We likened it to them being our sensitive and spirited kids being magical unicorns a few lives ago, saying mm-hmm. they do not, magical unicorns do not respond to uh, rationalization, do not respond to time, do not respond to threats, incentives, manipulation, mm-hmm. do not respond to fear. Let's hope not too much, right? Magical unicorns, the kids in our lives are magical unicorns. They respond to connection, this invisible thing that is also mm-hmm. magic that's and within us. Within that connection, there's humor, mm-hmm. there's silliness, there's creativity, there's creativity, there's nuance, there's curiosity. There's right. so many skills that we can be practicing as parents too that make something like bedtime way less of a pain in the ass, whether they're resisting us or not. So mm-hmm. this parent goes on. Example, we'll choose one book, then we start reading that book, and suddenly he wants the other one, and it's a mess if we don't back and forth until I put all the books away and turn off the lights. Oh, um, yeah. I yeah, think that's so tricky. More. Um, because he's saying, I, I, I can't make decisions. I think oftentimes we're like, I'm giving my you mm-hmm. two-year-old a uh, opportunity to make a choice. Come on. This is, this is something I'm, I'm affording you, right? And I think that oftentimes when our kids are tired, their prefrontal cortex, the small bit of it that's even made already, has trouble making that decision. And so I Mm -hmm. think that oftentimes if you can handle the toggle back and forth between two books where you're like, okay, we're doing these two back and forth. If you can do that, great, because that's what they're saying they need. Mm -hmm. But if you can't do that and that's raising your level of stress and you're not going to be able to show up for your two and a half year old at bedtime, then you got to hold fast to that one book and just empathize with them and say, you want to read that other one too, but... We're sticking with this one. I know. I wish we had time to read mm-hmm. both of them, right? Or like I said, you go read both of them if they're needing that. But if that kind of moves to them saying they want something else or need something else, oftentimes it's just them saying they're really tired and they need you mm-hmm. to set that loving limit and then hold fast to it. And when they have the big feelings around it, oftentimes this happens right at bedtime, not just because our kids are needing connection from us, but also because they have stress that they need to offset, mm-hmm. right? They need to cry, have a big cry. They need to have those that leg, those legs kicking. Maybe I that didn't happen before I bed. I don't think my kids went to sleep without crying until they were like two and a half. Mm-hmm. Naps, bedtime, anything. Right. They needed to purge that stress. And so I think that uh, something else we talk about with the building the bedtime routine. I cried a little too. Is, is helping them get their bodies and their nervous systems reintegrated. Getting mm-hmm. all of that stress and energy out with rolling, flipping, tumbling, dipping, mm-hmm. um, crawling, doing all of that stuff. It seems really counterintuitive. Like, why would I wind had a, them up? You've had this baby where you're like, wind down routine and it's dark and a massage and all these things. And then you're like two and a half. Now all of a sudden they're needing a crazy dance party mm-hmm. uh, before bed. Yes, that may be the case. So I don't know if you've thought about the nervous system in that way, but maybe that, that could help a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. What are your thoughts on when parents, myself included, say you can disagree, but can you please be respectful about it? Mm, that is such that. a such a natural impulse. Yeah. Um, we believe in our children's freedom to speak. We have a whole freedoms model, but basically we believe that our kids have the right to say anything they want. When our kids say something that doesn't seem quote unquote respectful, that's when we might lean into the need. Ooh, what are you needing? It sounds like you're a little uncomfortable. Get to the heart of We're going to get to the root. We're going to get to their need. We're going to help them explore why this is coming out so cranky, right? right? If we just focus on the words and saying, uh, that's okay to but feel that like way, that. but not okay to say that, kids mm-hmm. can't differentiate mm-hmm. what they feel and what they need from what they're saying. They're, it's literally just coming out yeah. however best. And so then, we don't want to over control mm-hmm. and over focus on the words because oh, doing that and saying those words are wrong is basically telling them those feelings and needs are wrong. So we yeah. want to be super sensitive. I think it's but, so great you're thinking about this. But it's also incredibly patriarchal. How, how many of us feminists out there have been told by a man, well, your message is okay, but not when it looks like this. Not when you sound so, so angry or so sassy or so angry. And you're right. like, message discounted, discounted right. because you don't like the way it sounds because I'm not like feminine enough about it because I'm not or like cute oh, about it. I'm just going to whisper it Talking right in here. a little high voice about yeah, it. Yeah, right. that. Yeah. So I'd say let, let them say whatever. And the work we do to support the yeah, root cause is, is translating, right? It's mm-hmm. translating what, what's actually going on. So that it's disrespectful. You're saying, okay, so you, you're wanting another spoon as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. that's what's helping them build awareness of that, that we're honoring that need and that impulse. And then mm-hmm. we're giving them the words to build the awareness so that they will ultimately use those words instead of conditioning them to have a shame response over their needs and feelings mm-hmm. because we just paid attention on what not to say yeah. instead of just giving them the words to say. Yeah. Let's help them out a little. Yeah. I think that we always have to remember if it's coming out that way, it's because child brain, it's because of they skills. They can't do any better so in the moment. So instead of saying, don't say it that way, which is basically what you say, it, what you're saying in nice or it's nice to say, can you say it more respectfully? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're basically just shutting down the entire thing, as you said, Hannah. Yeah. Sometimes we might focus on not just the needs, but the impact a little. It sounds like when you barked that request to your sister, she kind of got a little little prickly. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it was ma- the way you said it, maybe? Right. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's great to perspective take on impact yeah. with, with your child and another person. Mm-hmm. But we have to be careful not to be controlling their words and shutting down their feelings and needs as their attachment figure. Or, yeah. Right. You can't speak disrespectfully to me like that. Or can you ask me for milk a little nicer? Right. right? That's so easy for us to think. Instead, if, if I get barked at about milk, I might go, milk. Mm, okay. And then I'll get a, please. Because they can tell just from that response that I'm a little like just a little ooh, little slight ooh. sensitive response. Or I might joke about it a little. Ooh, milk, fast, leche, got now. it, right? Like super now. Right? I might get right. a little bit sassy or funny about it, so they ha- are building a little bit of consciousness about their I mean, words and the impact. I just imagine. I remember like when I had my C-section and uh, with my second kid, and I just remember how much I was like barking at my partner. Because I was in pain, dude, and I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. My mm-hmm. my like level of, of being able to hold it together, I was fried, man. Mm-hmm. And I just remember how many times he would just look at me and go, okay, and just like turn around and walk out. <laughs> or he would just go and just walk away. Or he would go, you got it, honey, like if he had a little mm-hmm. more strength. And I just remember the love that I felt. Mm-hmm. For him, because I don't think we think our kids know when they're treating us like hot garbage, but they do. Mm-hmm. And I think we spend all of our time pointing out that they're doing something they already know they're doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of spending the time saying, I still love you and I'm going to honor the impulse of that. And I know if you could do better, you would because you love me too. Yeah, but that that taps this little voice on our shoulder that says, 
You're just giving them permission to walk all over you. Why would you treat them with love when they treat you like crap? Right. right? But it's so hard and we have to have the faith and trust that we are modeling graciousness, respect, love, and that that is more than enough, that our kids learn number one implicitly through our modeling, yeah. right? The times even that I bark something at you being like, why didn't you get me a soda? And I just see you go like this, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, thank you for being nice about that. I'm just, I'm being Thank a you for now. giving me the benefit of the doubt. Thank you for being the bigger then, person, which we are with our kids. And then when you do that, then it gives me the chance to say, Sorry, that kind of came out a little. Uh, or to right? even think But if that. you were like, what's your problem? I'd be like, what's your problem? <laughs> right? right? It escalates mm-hmm. when we aren't yeah. when we aren't able to be the bigger person and to give that respect um, and to focus on the yeah. need with our kids. Well, and to just see our kids and their needs mm-hmm. and their expression as separate from ours. Mm-hmm. And every time we make them say something different, it's because we're, again, centering ourselves as parents and putting mm-hmm. our needs on the table and saying, I'm sorry, yes, your need is so important, but um, the way you just said that to me, let's make that the topic of conversation now. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be, right? We're raising little kids here. That's the primary job. It's not about us. we got to get our needs met with other people. Mm-hmm. Partners, friends, therapists, journals, TikTok, cute people on Instagram. Yeah. We can do it, everyone. I have to go home. We've so got tell. so many things. If if we didn't get your thing, please, please DM, DM us. it to us. Okay, this Let's, has been really we're fun. Gonna, we're going to do more rapid fire here. Okay. Janet Lansbury talks about not leaving kids alone when they say get away because they desire connection. It was on her podcast today. Mm-hmm. Please share your thoughts on this because I love both of you. Sure. If a kid is saying, get away from me, we aren't going to be like, okay, cool, peace out. Right. But if a kid is saying, I need, I'm going to my room, I need to go to my room and they want to walk yeah. away with my, or even get away from me. I would away. give them space. Give them space. Absolutely. Be nearby, check in a little, depending mm-hmm. on the sensitivity and age of the kid, they might want us close. Even if they're saying no, some might be like, no, I actually need space. And you just have to look the other way and just be like, let me know when you're ready. I'm here. Our, our energy can really heighten their intensity and make it really hard for sensitive kids to mm-hmm. calm down. Oftentimes our, our presence calms our kids down. It's all about the child, mm-hmm. but I would, I would try my best test it out and then follow up with them circle back later and say so how is it when this happens you say go away so I want to give you space but I don't want you to feel like I'm leaving so usually I'll just step into the doorway and I'll like fidget with something or do something and I'll be like I'm here or I'll stay on the ground near them and I'll be over by the door Mm -hmm. you know um, Mm -hmm. that type of thing someone says is there a phrase that you think we could use for a highly sensitive four-year-old when he gets frustrated and hits himself in the face we block him gently but it's like he can't hear me when I talk he can't if he's that frustrated frustrated and and angry then words don't get in so what mm-hmm. we have to do is is just focus on our vibe and our our loving presence and if if he's really harming himself then um then I would maybe stop his hand but oftentimes him preventing him from doing what he needs to self-soothe if that is a self-soothing technique mm-hmm. that can often make it even even harder mm-hmm. and so talking to him again outside the moment of what can you be doing can mm-hmm. we find this hitting pillow where you're hitting or instead of hitting your face can you be hitting your leg mm-hmm. you know and not saying what he's doing is wrong but saying we just worry that it, it might hit your nose a mm-hmm. little hard Some right people wrote back where they're from grand rapids michigan ontario mm-hmm. laguna niguel california philadelphia ontario canada cool. brunei darul salam canberra australia portland Yay. bali indonesia love 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 your work thank you elgin illinois can you come live with us for a few days so i can learn all the things from many many children <laughs> if we came and lived with you oh. we'd send you to a spa Molly. oh my gosh yes <laughs> you wouldn't be able to come home for a week ontario canada loving this conversation 
Awesome. This is so cool hearing where people are. Mm-hmm. Someone says, hi, my son noticed a very young toddler hitting his head on the ground in response to stress since he has been a seeking, um, has been seeking walls to very forcefully hit his head on when he's stressed. Oh, oh yeah. Is there any wording I could use in this situation when he sees someone else? Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. when he sees someone else, I could just say, yeah, that person is, is really overwhelmed. They're struggling right mm-hmm. now. Right. And that's what's helping them feel better because they're feeling, they're wanting to, to feel safe in their body bodies and they're struggling or something mm-hmm. like that. And then saying everyone does different things. Sometimes we take deep breaths. Sometimes we touch our legs. Sometimes we like to hit pillows and different mm-hmm. things. Sometimes we need a really tight hug, mm-hmm. right? All, all of our bodies and nervous systems need different things. What do mm-hmm. you need? What do I need? What mm-hmm. is this kid needing? Right? Someone says hello from Manila. Superhero mamas. Hello. Um, someone says the innovate step is really magic. I see my spirited three-year-old's eyes light up in the middle of resist. And, <laughs> and I say, I've got an idea. And I've even heard her recently say the same one struggling. Oh, oh that's, that's amazing. Great. Someone said, been doing the resist method with my spirited kids so far. So good. It really helped. Thank you. My kid whispers to himself before falling asleep. I love, <laughs> love that. that. Um, the mom with the kid who was uh, struggling during sleep with a new baby said yeah. yes to the flips and rolls and crawling, et cetera. We definitely try the dance party. We'll definitely. Try, yeah. yeah. Um, and trying to get back to that extra energy out and look back into the innovative. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Someone says, what do I say to my son who keeps scratching yeah. me playfully, but it really hurts? Yeah, I would just say, oh, that scratching's a little too rough for my arm. And then if he still wants to keep scratching, and I would not respond really heightened like it's a game. I would just say, oh, this is a little rough for me. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, I'm going to move your hand off, right? And then yeah, if he keeps going stay, for it. Do you want stay sitting on my lap, or should I help you off? Right. And then I would just lovingly help them off, or I'd create some space, a personal boundary, and get a little mm-hmm. space. Or I would move into innovation and say, are you an animal with whatever? Let's go scratch this carpet over here Mm -hmm. right or you're the the groundhog and i'm the whatever and see if Mm -hmm. we can can kind of move past it in a creative way does this little tiger need his nails trimmed Mm -hmm. right it could work too do the manicure fairies need to make an appearance Mm -hmm. um sydney australia that's awesome oahu Mm -hmm. hi mom (laughs) i think that's it for tonight everyone we gotta we gotta get to helping the, the groups um, but it felt really bed. lovely being here with you all. We're so grateful yeah. to be able to talk about this and work on this together and with you all. Mm-hmm. We feel incredibly privileged um, to be part of this community. And for all of your love and connections and shares through all of this, uh, you're not alone. We struggle with this daily too. Um, yeah. And we're just so grateful that we've we found this other way to be engaging with our kids, fierce spirits, their challenging behaviors and their big feelings. I don't know what we would, what we would do uh, without it. Mm-hmm. We have so much gratitude. We sure do. You're mm-hmm. all doing an amazing job. Even just thinking about these things, mm-hmm. talking about these things, writing about these things is so much work and mm-hmm. it, it's valuable and it matters. Mm-hmm. It's changing you and how you show up in the world. It's changing your child. It's elevating your relationship. Mm-hmm. It's moving another human into the world to do some amazing things in a different way, yeah. right? Dismantling what's being done so far. Yeah, and I hope that we can that these conversations can continue to give you bravery to talk about this not just in these moments, listening with yourself in your own mind and, and creating that self-awareness, but with your partner, if you have one, with a caregiver, if you have one, with your kid, if you have one, right. you can say, I've been learning more about when you have big feelings. I've been learning more about when you hit your brother, and I think I'm going to be changing it up a little bit. Right? I want to sh- show up in a different way to support you. 
and your growing brain, right? Right. I'm growing up too, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing this together. We have a strong-willed kids guide, like a spirited and sensitive mini guide uh, available for free on our website at upbringing.co or here on Instagram in our little download link. It's the first one there in our Mm -hmm. link tree uh, that has those helpful mantras Mm -hmm. as we're reshaping our beliefs. Um, And then also that helpful phrasing from we're like, dude, what do I say in the moment? I'm Mm -hmm. trying to show up differently. What can get me started? So hopefully that phrasing can help. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to hear how it works for you. And for those of you whose questions we didn't uh, get to, unfortunately, please do DM us and we will try and do it uh, on Friday in our Mm -hmm. next live. All right, everybody. Thank you all for being here. Good night.